time now. So let's play hockey. Welcome back to Let's Play Hockey. Say it with me. Let's, let's play, play hockey. hockey. Your one-stop shop for all things hockey in the state of hockey. I'm back with Brian Zolman, the Brian with a Y, Mr. Let's Play Hockey. The Expo's coming up. Are you still looking for people to exhibit? Yeah, absolutely. Um, got some space left on the floor, so looking how forward they, to having a good time. How do they reach you? How If somebody wants to show up and have all those teenage shoppers rolling through there looking to spend their money, how do they get a hold of you? Uh, just go to Let's Play Hockey Expo.com and there's a, uh, a tab, Become a Vendor, and you can fill that out and... I'll get the email, and then I'll uh, connect, and, and we can make some magic happen. Pull Tap Sports will be there as well, so come visit us. We're going to have some fun. We're also with Brian Bonin with an I. He wore a bubble in college, Hobie Baker, Bubble Baker, Bubble Baker Bonin. You're going to do an NIL shirt uh, that's Bonin Bubble Baker? That would be so cool, just your head. Raise some money for that association. Have you done a NIL T-shirt yet? I have not. Okay, I'm looking for an agent. I, you're, I'm your agent. So, Boom. So we got two guys that know about hockey, and then you have me stirring the drink. Um, we're running off the same whiteboard. These maybe an hour, maybe 45. Try to give you some stuff you like listening to when you're walking around or driving in your car. We each have topics we would like to do. Um, why don't we start with... It's that time of year, boys. Why don't we talk sections? Um, you guys have your hand on the wheel way more than I do on the high school side. So what are we seeing in sections? What What are your predictions? And I understand you have some format changes that you're intrigued by, which we can get into. But let's just start with, like, the lay of the land. Bonin, you said there's five heavyweights out there, five big, big teams um, with Hemi engines. Uh, who are those teams, and, and who do you see as the, the big five, and who are the other ones that maybe could sneak surprise some people? Well, I think each year you have some heavyweights. This year, I'm seeing five heavyweights. Uh, there's always going to be some naysayers uh, to, to our comments here, and so it's really this, the second tier of teams is not far behind. And this year, I do feel, I think as we mentioned last time around here, potential upsets. But right now, uh, Tonka, Edina are, are heavyweights. And right behind them are Wyzetta, Chanhassen, and Benilde, in my mind. I've seen all five of those teams. And why they make that uh, heavyweight uh, level this year is, is depth and strength, uh, veteran lineups, those things that you need um, in a semi and then a section final. And then a Thursday, Friday, Saturday at the X. That's what we're talking about. We're not talking about trying to win a game or two games or maybe slip in uh, as a section final underdog. Who are the heavyweights? Like, if you played these guys 10 times, how many times are you going to win? Okay, so a couple questions. Um, and Zolman, jump in whenever you want. But the Galacticos, the Minnetonka super team, they've still not lost, right? They were losing two to nothing. Wyzetta, as I understand it, they came back and won that game as well. They've got some ties, or at least a tie. You don't see them, though, as 
they're not an anomaly. They're not in their own class. Um, you know, there was it was hotly contested the Jefferson teams from the '90s against the Galacticos from Tonka. You see them in the same tier with Edina. I, I do, just because of the way and the style of play of an Edina, a Wyzetta, uh, a Benilde. Uh, these teams have been around. The coaching staffs have been around. Chan Hassan seems to have found a way in there um, these last two years. Maybe they should be on the outside looking in, but their record, um, I think, points otherwise. Two years in a row, there's some experience there. And just because they've, they've pushed you know, Tonka to the brink uh, last year and this year, they, they've got them really nervous. Um, and up next in this list will probably be Shakopee. So that's going to be uh, quite a section this year. Is that the same big five you have, Zolman, and when you look at it, or do you got anybody else in the mix? Uh, that's That's pretty much it. And if you look at it, Two of those out of the big five, three of those teams are going to be sitting home during the state tournament because they're all, you know, Section 2A and Section 6A. Um, you know, Minnetonka, <clears throat> the Wyzetta game, yeah, I'd put I'd put those three teams in the same tier. I haven't seen a lot of Chan Hassan. You've seen them play more than I have. Obviously, they're very skilled. Um, and you, you talk about the coaching aspect of it. It's really hard nowadays for maybe a more talented team to to win on just talent because the coaching is so good. It's almost like an NHL style, you know, coaching where where you can do certain things to kind of um, hold some teams at bay. You know, that just have that you know just an unbelievable talent like a Minnetonka. Um, I was really impressed with Edina. Why is that a um, you know, you just talk about rolling three lines and, and 6D, you know, or at least 4D. And then Benild, uh, we just did a story on Benild and what they've been able to do. Ken Pauly, great coach there as well. And they kind of built from the back and to the front end. You know, they don't have, I think their top scorer has 25 points. Um, you know, but they got, he told me they roll 6D. You know, he said, we don't have to gas our, our you know, D in the third period. You know, we can roll six with confidence, and that's huge. I mean, to be able to do that is is huge, and that's really what often separates the top tier maybe from the next tier is that depth with that third line, that third set of D. When you don't have to uh, shorten your bench, that third period, that, that plays a huge role in winning hockey games. So a couple questions. Is the section tournament better than the state tournament? So I've heard that from hockey people lately, like, like, if you really want to treat, go to Section 2, Section 6, and just get your popcorn, get your nachos, crack your knuckles. And, and just, from a hockey standpoint, not a spectacle standpoint, I mean, if you're talking the top teams in the state, is it almost, as a hockey fan, just go watch sections? I think section hockey is better than state hockey because it depends on the section okay section two section four section six this year um those you know it's a smaller venue so you, you, know, you got people hanging off the rafters madness um and it's just yeah it's crazy you know section hockey it's getting there's all you know is is a huge deal so i would say section hockey from a fan standpoint might be more fun to watch like the experience of it um because it's such a huge accomplishment to get to state. You know, there's only maybe four or five programs once they get to state that expect to win it. Um, a lot of people get to state. I mean, that's, it's big. It's like, it's like getting a talking part in a Scorsese movie. You know, it's a huge deal. Now, if you win state, I mean, that's like, 
You know, that's like uh, being the star in a Scorsese movie. Walk together forever. So we're going to have to make let's go. Let's go make a pack to go watch some section hockey this year for sure. Now, now I want to ask you, okay, you're in Vegas. You're not going to get good odds on any of those teams you said. Why is that uh, Tonka is going to be, you know, whatever it is, minus 200. Um, give me some bets like, you know, my sleepers, my – Hey, don't be surprised if this little team two steps their way over to St. Paul and does some damage. Who's on your your private sheet as high school teams that could make a dent? Yeah, that that's what gets it super exciting this year is I would say there's two really really strong sections. Uh, we just mentioned them with uh, you know Tonka, Chanhassen, and then you got Edina, Wyzetta, and Benilde. Most years at least in the past five, ten that I can remember, we've had some really, really strong teams in three, four other sections, sometimes all eight. And this year, I think it's just down a bit. Not that you want to sleep on any of these teams, but it's a big difference when you got to get to the state tournament, and there's always a Maple Grove you got to run through. Lakeville has really produced some really good teams. Uh, Moorhead has been excellent. They're just down a bit this year. Young. Again, they don't have the veterans, the the big strong players. Doesn't mean I don't want to, you know, bet on those guys. Um, it's just a bit of a different year. Andover's down a bit, so I, I think we see some sleepers coming out of these other sections. Um, my my biggest sleeper yet, and I'm not seeing him play. Rosemount, the Irish, the Irish, and um, you know these. That's what makes it fun about these sections too. Is you talk about those those uh, that the road to state is you do have an opportunity to go and see some of these rivalries that are actually being created as we speak, you know, during the season. Yeah. We want to get to the state tournament. Yeah. We'd like to win the state tournament, man. We can't wait to play so-and-so in the sections. Absolutely. We haven't gotten there yet. We keep losing to the same teams. So some of these teams are going to smell blood at the same time. You have some veteran teams that know how to win and that's hard to beat. So it also will make these sections really fun this year. And some of the boys are going to be squeezing their sticks a little tight. What about you, Zolman? Who do you got as kind of a, you know, going to pay a little better ticket if they did some damage? I think Shakopee is a team, you know, they're not totally off the radar. Very skilled. They got good goaltending. Um, they could be a surprise team in uh, Section 2A, AA. Um, I think Eden Prairie is a team that could maybe do some damage. Um, and then... Uh, um centennial has been playing very well you know they kind of got off to a slow start uh grand rapids got off to a slow start and they've been playing as well as anybody so i would say those four teams have kind of been off the radar but don't be surprised if uh if they're down in st paul when i was up in rapids uh doing this minnesota hockey piece which will come out next week they said uh they always start slow they said they don't have enough ice it gets cold uh, it's almost like the old North Dakota teams. They are peaking at the right time, so don't sleep on the uh, the Rangers. Uh, well, one uh, point, too, is it's not always the best team. It's who's playing the best at the right time. And that's why section hockey is so great and so fun to watch because anything can happen. You guys kind of talked about it. So when I went to that state championship game last year, Edina Tonka, Part of the reason I think I love high school hockey is there's so many mistakes, you know, and there's a disparity typically in skill level. You know, somebody will have their head down and get blown up, or um, you can come back when you're down two. 
that was not the case when I watched Edina, Minnetonka. I might as well have been watching Nashville, Minnesota Wild, Central Division game. Neither of them can give up a point. The structure, uh, the systems, it was almost boring. In the, I mean, it was great, but it was kind of, it wasn't Dave Spihar, you know, running around, uh, you know, Carl Gehring uh, standing on his head. It was, it looked like an NHL game. Um, is that the new way? You know, if you're in this big tier, this heavyweight tier, is the coaching that good that you might as well be playing in the American League? It might be getting close. The I love calling it the Riverwell Gamblers. You know, you, you get those D and you just send them if they can go. That's the style of hockey that I like, always have liked. You can always pull guys back if needed in the end. I, I, I would probably describe Tonka a little bit that way. Edina can play that way as well. Funny you bring up Benilde, uh saying we're trying to build this from the back out. You know, we need 6D that can go to give our, our top-end guys a rest if needed, if there's a big penalty kill, if there's a big, uh, you know, five-on-five five shift against a top line where I need somebody to ruffle some feathers. Um, right now, Ken Tonka play both ways. And and last year, again, I, I was surprised. Edina held it that close because you would just assume this offense is going to take over. And this year already with the two ties, Tonka has shown that they can't necessarily just score you out of the building or defense you out of the building. You know, they had a 1-1 tie with Edina, uh, and then uh, they, they tied Wyzetta, and, now they, and then they came back and won in overtime. Um, so people are smelling blood in the water. I think that's the beauty of this, is that uh, the Shakopee's, the Eden Prairie's, they got nothing to lose. Even a Benilde, who's going to sit right behind Wyzetta and Edina and just kind of wait for the, hey, I love being the underdog here. Um, we're going we're gonna to make these games tight. I think you make a good point with Minnetonka in that, you you know, watching them, it's like, okay, when are they going to take over? When are they going to, and, you know, against a lesser team, yeah, they've done it, you know. I think they beat St. Michael Alberville, you know, 18 to nothing. Um, but, you know, against the Dinas and the Wyzettas, if they're going to be that next year team, you know, me watching them, it's like, okay, when is that top line going to just say, all right, let's go, we're winning this game. And I just haven't seen that. And it's not a knock on them. It's more a credit to the Dinas, Wyzettas, how they defend and how they just make it difficult, how well they're coached. Um, there's just some really good teams out there. you know. So I don't think we can really certainly not compare Tonka to the Jefferson of the 90s. If they win back-to-back, then maybe. you know. But I haven't seen that separation from Wyzetta and Edina quite yet. Well, the promo clip we used was cut in such a way that everyone thinks we already did uh, compare them, so we can live with that. But the thing I wonder about the Galacticos in Minnetonka is if they do remind me of the Russian team in 1980. Like, I, I just I don't even know if they'll know to pull their goalie at the end of the game. You know, they just are all gas, no break. Um, so I that gets dicey when you get into that second season. But... Um, I mean, they got all the pressure on the world, so if they if they pull it off, you know, you really do. In this era, in this era, you really got to tip your cap to them if, uh, you know, if they if they do it, if they repeat. You guys had some thoughts on doing sections differently. I think one of the things we're struggling with is the richer getting richer and the poorer going away. Looking at tiering in sections and potentially a three-tier state tournament. I think I'm of the same ilk where I think it's it's 
probably needed is it something it's almost like scary room to walk into you know um just because there's so much tradition with and we thought that back in 92 it's like wow we're really messing with tradition here by going two-tier um but it worked out right i mean at the time we were kids playing um we had a different outlook and like i mentioned the last pod now we're parents with kids it's like boy be nice for you know more kids to have an opportunity and if that's your foundation of of high school hockey is to have more kids be involved have opportunity then i think it makes sense i think there's a way to do it without losing at the top without losing anything from the you know the, the a, right now the double a and the a state tournament um but it's just it, it the separation has become hard to ignore and i think you know these 18 even at the state tournament you know especially in class a when you get a hermantown going against you know a, a southern team that you know and it's it's nine to nothing midway through the second period um that's not good you know there's that's not good hockey we need to do something um but it feels so it's like changing the court at uh, the boston garden right like i i can feel the angst you have but it's a real issue it's an issue in youth too all these tournaments have the same problem you go up to fargo for the squirt invitational you're going to beat three teams 14 to nothing and then hopefully play one or two game good games so go ahead with your three things yeah it's there's a lot of difficulty in this uh we got to start talking about it thinking about it and i think a decision has to be be made sooner than later for, for multiple reasons but i'm seeing all sorts of blowouts all over the place it's happening at the at the levels they've tried i mean they went from you know a's to double a's which pushed and b1 b2 and we've done a lot of things to allow participation uh not necessarily about medals so number one get rid of all the constellation games at the state tournament done we don't need those games they're nonsense you lose game one you don't want to play anyways i'm not even sure we need the third place game number two <laughs> what i like about that is a sort of hey anybody that says we're watering it down or we've gotten soft well guess what we're playing three years, but the only thing that matters is the real game. So keep going. Yeah, let's like this. let's get her Got going. Got some beef jerky back in the room. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> number two, we haven't even talked about this yet. Minnetonka, they don't have their best three players. Because uh, Snuggerud's and Hendrickson. I don't even know who. Would, oh yeah, Hendrickson. Back at Hendrickson's in Sioux Falls. Whipple, at the development team. Okay. Drew Stewart was over at Benilde, left early those three boys moving on has opened up three spots so when you're talking about participation and we talk about even combining teams you're just taking spots from kids who've played hockey all the way up and want an yeah. opportunity the, this the class a has been completely hijacked the idea you know way back 1992 whenever that idea started was to separate the really really good teams from the teams who had challenge they didn't have enough youth association it's been completely hijacked. Mm -hmm. Get rid of that too. Um, you're, if you're up and down and that's your, your complaint, hey, we're, sometimes we're good, sometimes we're bad. Well, sometimes you'll play in the big boy uh, tourney and sometimes you'll not play in the big boy tourney. What's, what's wrong with that? We'll let this thing play out as, as it is. That will still allow for really competitive games. And the kids at their levels, I really have seen this at youth hockey, once you're on that team, whether it's a B2, an A, or a double A, you want to win. You are competing. You're loving the game because you know you're playing against somebody who's much like you instead of, you know, we had no chance. Why are we even showing up? Right. Um, 
that that that's just not good for us. And last but not least, I'll leave it at this. We got we got Woodbury and Cottage Grove, Park Cottage Grove over there, and and Eastridge now. We got Eastview uh, after we had Apple Valley, Burnsville, that that whole area. Lakeville's got two teams. So some areas are splitting teams, and some aren't. So of Tonka, Edina, Wyzetta, Osseo, Maple Grove, I don't know who else is in this mix, aren't going to split at high school and create another school. Then we got all sorts of unfairness, let's call it. So you get to the sections that we just broke down, and we got like five of the best teams in one section. I mean, based on what? I mean, two years ago, three years ago, Creton was over with Benil, Wyzetta, Edina, and all of a sudden they're now over in section two. I mean, what are we doing? Just throwing cards in the wind and seeing what flips over, an ace or two? I mean, what the heck is going on? So it, it's just time that we do this, and the hockey minds will have no issue with it. Th th they won't. Um, and I'd love to see the guys complaining between team five and six. <laughs> well, I think, and I think you're, the, the reason none of these changes ever happen or they take so long is the state high school league has to treat everything equally. Mm -hmm. they, they can't have a a hot spot for hockey but I think football really helps you to be able to say look at football look at the tiers look at the nine man to 7a or whatever the hell Eden Prairie is these days but I mean you have the precedent to say hey we just wanted to eat closer to what football is doing potentially did you have any final comments on uh, sections well I just think you know it's not well, everyone deserves a medal, but I think everyone deserves to have a chance to play for something. And right now, I, there's just a, a, a large group of schools that have really nothing to play for other than, you know, the brotherhood in the locker room. And, and you know, there's just, there's no chance, really. And so we're not, you know, handing out medals. We're, we're, it would just be spreading out opportunity a little bit more. 92 that first year, I want to say Evelith won it in Class A. Or tier, they call it tier two or whatever. Lake of the Woods, um, <clears throat> I think we'll finish second maybe. You know, Lake of the Woods, they got a chance now to make the state tournament. I would say probably very, very, very small. With another tier, they're probably right there. You know, those kids work just as hard as, as the kid does at Eddie Dine or Minnetonka. Well, just to put a button on this, so many, many moons ago in your paper, um, Herb Brooks reached out to me, and we did an article called "Time for Change." And he would he would call me. I was living in St. Paul in Como Park, and the phone would ring at like six in the morning. I'd dive out of bed, try to find my glasses, and John Herb Brooks, let me dictate to you, <laughs> Mr. Brooks. I gotta call you back. So his whole deal was Oak Street should be playing Elm Street as long as you can possibly make that happen. So you're stuck with the guys on your street. This is like the outsiders. If you got a fat kid, put him in net. Figure it out, right? We, this is it until a certain point. Because the game does get to identification and selection at some point. At some point, somebody's really good. And we'll get into the top players next. But his point was broad in the base. He, he hated the development team. He hated the whole idea that millions of dollars were going to coddle you know, 40 players in the in the country. He said, I even said to him, I said, Mr. Brooks, if you want to look at this article and scan it just so you don't get sideways with USA Hockey before we put it out, you know, you can, I'll give you, you can look at it before we publish it. And he says, 
So why do you think I'm writing it? I don't care. I don't care what anybody thinks. This is what I think. And and that was that was Herb Brooks. I mean, he wanted to broaden the base because his point was there's so many late bloomers. You never know what you have. As lo- as many people playing hockey for as long as you can have them playing hockey. Uh, Let's Play Hockey Pod is sponsored by Custom One Homes. These are the folks that make your dream home a reality. And what they're doing right now is they got a wild jersey signed by everybody on the team. We'll share this on socials. Bid on it. Half the money is going to Custom One Charities supporting youth initiatives. The other half is going to the Hendrickson Foundation, near and dear to my heart, supporting special sled, military, blind, deaf, and hard of hearing hockey in the state of Minnesota. Check that out. The bidding is going to go for a couple weeks here in February. It's an awesome jersey. Just bid it up. Get a bid in there. Make it go higher. If you get stuck with it, uh, it's going to be an awesome thing to have on your wall anyway. Uh, We're also sponsored by Cub. We're sitting here in the Cub content studio, as a matter of fact. Cub is uh, your neighborhood grocer. Uh, They're on the Homer Hankies. They're on the Wild on 7th Pod. They're on PJ Flex headset. They're one of us. They're awesome. They deliver at Cub.com. Check out Cub. So we wanted to talk uh, top players all time. I mean, if we didn't get into enough trouble with Minnetonka last time, we've got a ranking sheet, the 100 greatest Minnesota State High School players of all time. This was published by who, Mr. Uh, Zolman? I think Vintage Minnesota Hockey and Star Tribune uh, put this list together. I want to say, I don't even know when it was, several years ago. Um, So it hasn't been updated. Um, Well, Kyle Rouse on here, so let's see how recent we are. The most recent player on here. I want to say, was he 2013? 2011. 2011. So it's probably, this might be 10 years old, so forgive us for missing uh, the most recent. Um, I'm going to hit the top 10. John Mayasich, the great number eight. Neil Broughton, Minnesota's own young blood. Phil Housley, straight from high school to the pros. Tim Sheehy, Henry Boucher, and that beautiful, beautiful headband. Mike Antonovich, Willard Eichelock, the legend in the fedora. Mike Crowley, one of the sexiest things to ever happen to the new Mariucci, along with Ryan Kraft. Dave Spihar. John, this is the first one I don't know is one. John Machefs from Evelyn. Then you get Kyle. Machefs. Aaron, way, way mm-hmm. down the list. Uh, we have Brian Bonin at 32. Um, retired, it says here. Um, but, I mean, he did the best he could. So who do you have as the all-time best uh, high school players? Who would be your Mount Rushmore of high school hockey? Yeah, Johnny Nasich is has to be number one, um, and I think I think the the top four here, uh, probably top five, are are kind of locked in. Even if we look, you know, most recently, because this is a you know probably accounting not just high school careers, but maybe a little bit of what happened in college. I'm not sure if that's all taken into account, and maybe not appropriate if we're really looking at top 100 high school players uh, you got to win a couple titles to to typically get to the top uh, which is not actually what Broughton ended up doing for, for all that Neil Broughton accomplished uh, you know they didn't win a state title he won he won one Neil did am I wrong on that there's this famous video of him he must have won it because it says boy am I happy or was that after you well I know he won a gold medal 
national championship and a Stanley Cup. I think it's the, it's one of my favorite videos. I, I think he's know what he won, but he, you've seen this, right? We'll put it in the uh, the podcast for people. He's like, boy, am I happy! I think I think it's probably because he didn't win a state tournament, and and he finally this would be his diving goal in that in that U of M championship. Uh, for sure. So, uh, well, I would tell you, I'm going to tease you a little bit for, for calling me out on that, but in general, I find most people believe. State title. I, I did. Yeah, they were so good. That top line was so good. So he did not win a state title. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. You know, Aaron Broughton. Oh, my gosh. I mean, often forgotten how good his brother Aaron was. Butsy uh, Erickson. Yes, <clears throat> just so good. So interesting because Mayasich has several titles some of these other fellows behind these guys uh, super super talented i just ran into mike antonovich up in grand rapids two weeks ago uh he's a little frustrated with the game too you know highly skilled uh little guy you're like five he's probably five six sorry about that anton but you're not taller than five six uh, <laughs> yeah no one could pick him up either you know sometimes and certainly in my day those little guys were really hard to manage a guy like a dave spihar several other players i, I played against um, who are just so talented and sneaky because they're so small um, and crafty and, and able to, you know, score goals, which is a lot of times what these ranking systems were based on, is, um, you know, offensive threat. Uh, even a Mikey Crowley, who probably was plus 100,000. <laughs> Jefferson, you know, he has all these points, and, and nowadays we'd say, oh, what's your plus minus, too? Well, don't worry about Crowley's plus minus. It was probably, you know, through the roof. Uh, whereas nowadays we are, we're getting so much more defensive. It's harder to find uh, these gems of, of players in terms of what kind of game they have. I mean, you go to an Ataki Dyna game and they play 1 1. Uh, that would have been unheard of in the day unless, uh, you know, guys were hitting the post and, and missing the net. So it's interesting to, to think through kind of top players. And, and well, so it's interesting. So on this sheet, it does have the state title. So you're right. You got uh, four um, state titles for Mayasich. It's this fourth column here. Nothing for Broughton. You're right. I apologize to you, Brian. Um, Sheehy with uh, with three in a row, it looks like. Um, Crowley had the three in a row with uh, Jefferson. Um, so that is interesting, you know. It 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 kind of does make the case a little bit with Minnetonka right now. It is so much harder. I'm sorry. Apologies to the Jefferson teams of the '90s. I mean, I don't know if Tonka repeats. To me, that's the same as winning it three times in a row in the '90s. It's just, it's just so hard right now. Um, and I'd say last this list, even the best players, you know, Kyle Rao got it done. Uh, once, right? I mean, you don't find anybody from the modern era. Uh, Oshi won it twice in single A. Um, Bianchi uh, is on those uh, Bloomington teams as well. But there's really all the old, it's all like the Eichelas and Mayasiches and people from, you know, 70 years ago, 50 years ago that were stringing them together. Yeah, the feat now, I would say, is. Uh is more difficult because offense can be thwarted by really good defense. And that's what's going to take place this year in the sections in the state. And I would say Tom last year had to win five really difficult games. And this year they're going to have to, five, to win five more difficult games than last year. Yeah. That is a tough, tough feat when you have to, you know, consistently and constantly come back to a game knowing that you're, you're, uh, you're supposed to be scoring goals and having fun and you're supposed to win. And I can still, um, maybe 
what makes this fun and thinking about this is it was really nerve-wracking when you're the better team and you're supposed to score and be ahead and say what you will you know about now oh, we're down to nothing don't worry about it well i'm worried about it I'm really worried about it. and that will happen in the sections this year mm -hmm. a lot of teams um i'm not sure at what point but we're gonna have some really big upsets because it is really nerve-wracking and i'm not sure to what extent back when we played it was the same there you know jefferson thought they were just going to roll through everybody they were quite confident it's still an amazing feat but today um you just throw a third line against those guys and if you have some depth and you just keep running them over you're got a good chance to win well i think too coaching with an emphasis on d zone play has really changed quite a bit too you can trap in the neutral zone now you know that kind of became popular in the nhl and i think high school coaches are adopting that it's very hard to get behind the d nowadays um and then and getting shots on goal is just harder you know you got to get it through two three kids you know to get it to the goalie um you know they just they they collapse and they all that traffic in front of the net so it's a lot easier to defend where back maybe when we played brian it was like we're just gonna skate and whoever you know when we were trying to outskate them where now it's like okay well let's out think them a little bit here and you know we'll let them skate around the perimeter all day um and fire shots from you know outside the circles uh no we've totally to score from there and we've totally flipped on let the goalie see the shot that that was often the play let the goalie see it and maybe you'd block it if you went out to the blue line yeah but nothing in yeah not anymore now it's everybody try to block it you got six guys in front yeah so we really seen you know we saw an 18 nothing i think uh, tonka beat buffalo the other night four nothing mm -hmm. uh, you know tonka beat shakopee four three there's there's some ability to be strategic maybe a little bit too much with the ipad on the bench as we see in the nhl but that's kind of where we're going um and if you have the team again it it does point to gonna be really tough to beat these really good teams unless you you have some depth um so another another uh, plug to the 40 team triple a how how do you value so if you were really doing the mount rushmore how important is the state tournament itself right because you could say if i were looking at this list and i was an outsider i would say mayasich of course is on there i would say she he's on there three state titles um international falls i i think crowley is on there you put him on there from the jefferson boys and then i you know Ikela is i kind of got him covered with mayasich um i think i might I, in a weird way, I might put like a Dave Spihar on there, like some person that captured the imagination and, and really gave the state tournament another decade of prominence because it was magical um, or, or whatever. Maybe Kyle Rouse, the modern, modern version of that. But I mean, you could, how, how valuable, you know, if you're, if you're going into the Hall of Fame for hockey, the cups matter, right? Did you win a cup or not? I mean, state tournament titles. I mean, do you, you know, Neil Broughton's, he's Mr. Minnesota. I, no one's going to argue with that, but didn't, didn't win the tournament. Do you, do you count that against him? I don't know if you count it against him, but, you know, without a two-tier uh, tournament, you know, Johnny Pohl doesn't have a, doesn't have a title. And that boy could play hockey. So um, a little bit of, like, what are we, what are we really? The eras make it hard. They absolutely do. Um, and so I, I think if you go back in here, titles 
do matter, especially when you start to see two and three in a row, um, because you, you still got to get through those same teams who know you're good and want to knock you down. So those those Jefferson teams, the Burnsville teams, they won back to back. You know, I don't know enough about you know Scott Bloom to say like, is that too much on two titles, or you know numbers? Uh, you know, what did you put up and what did you mean to your team? You know, matters as well. Eric Rasmussen, I thought, was a fantastic high school player, and he played at St. Louis Park. But that's more difficult. Uh, the uh, let's transition out of this. So Lou Nanny's last year doing the tournament, and I'm really worried about this. So um, everybody takes for granted hockey in Minnesota, but I still think it's fragile. Um, at any given time, you know, you can wake up and we turn into Massachusetts. Right, it, it can happen. Don't kid yourself. Um, Lou is a huge. Um, he's basically a pocket square in the uh, sport code of the state tournament. He's a very important piece. This will be his last year doing the broadcast. Now, the person that follows him is in tough shape, almost no matter what, because you're filling Lou's shoes, right? So I almost, if if I'm the high school league or or Channel Forty Five. I might overinvest, you know. Fly Barry Melrose up here from his place in Florida. He's got the Parkinson's. He doesn't like to travel, but you know, give us a couple years. Doc Emmerich, you know, I, I don't know what we need to do, but we need to band-aid our way to the next person. Um, you know, I there are some there's some local talent, but like, what do you think? Who would be the the right? Maybe it's Parish. Uh, maybe it's a Ryan Carter. I, I don't know who that next person's going to be, but I think the transition is the part that scares me the most, where if anybody has a reason to say it's not the same as it used to be, um, I just think you got to be defensive as hell if you're Minnesota hockey in the high school league. Who would you have replace Lou? I like your transition idea. You know, Butcher Gross, Darren Bang, and just someone that has some stories to tell. It's so much more about the stories. The that's what Lou's so great uh, with and about, and he has such a history behind the tournament. Can pull things out of thin and air that people would remember. So as we look at that, that might take some time to put a list together. So I don't know if people are working on this or not. But yeah, how about a celebrity to come in and Butchergrass would be great. Be fantastic. I, I'd be surprised if he wouldn't take that invite, just because the guy loves hockey. You would know, hey, we need we need someone to fill in for Lou next year. Start working on it right now. Well, and you, f you forget he's an analyst. He's the color guy, right? So you don't need to know everything. You don't need to do the play-by-play -play on everything. You just need to do, like, college game day. You're going to get to talk to all the coaches before the tournament. They're going to tell you about their players. You're going to be – you treat it like a pro and have somebody come in here. I just don't want to step back. I don't want anything that makes us feel weaker or vulnerable uh, with that that really amazing tradition of the tournament. you have any ideas on that? Yeah, I think, you know, I think we're, <clears throat> it will be a step back just because, you know, Lou's been such a, a legend. Um, I don't really like the idea of bringing someone from outside of Minnesota in. I think we have plenty of uh, capable people here that have a history that played in the state tournament, knows what it feels like to be in the locker room and you know rush out onto the ice in front of 18,000 people who won that section hockey game and can talk about all the you know those experiences. I think that's important. Um, who that person is, 
I have no idea. Does I think he's out there? Does Spihar do his that that hilarious um, Twitter X or is that actually him? No, that's I don't not, believe it is. Not. That's it not him. him. I, do I mean, if that's his personality. Um, okay, so keep it Minnesota. That's interesting. And well, then you do probably have a a Mark Parrish or someone that's in that Bally's world maybe comes over and does it. That's interesting. But I think it's a big deal. Um, tip of the hat to, to Lou this year. I hope he enjoys it. Uh, he gets to see another Edina title on his way out. Well, let's just call it. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we, we do want uh, someone with a name, I think, and with some history. Um, I don't know if we need to give Lou another title, but... <laughs> we'll see what happens. I, I would on the team, or he probably does. I mean, I think I think they they're pretty well populated over there. I'd um, like for Bucciagras and, and some of those East Coast guys to come and experience the state high school tournament. I think they'd be blown away. Yeah, Barry came in. He was wonderful. He he did the hockey hair with us one year, and he was just a riot. Uh, I think somebody like that. I know Doc Emmerich did the tournament as well. Um, at least the championship game, I believe he broadcast. But I, uh, so I was up in Hockey Day. Uh, I went up to War Road, and I'm just going to tell you a couple of things I heard that were just—they're so obvious, but it was amazing. So um, I interviewed like everyone from a 90-year-old to uh, probably squirt players, high school coach, boys, girls, um, and I would ask them, you know, why? I was shocked how small that town is. So I'd never been to Waroda. The kids didn't play there. Um, and I got up there and was like, I mean, this is like Starbucks, Minnesota. I mean, it's like, I don't even know if there's a stoplight. There is, but um, but I 1,800 people total. And, you know, this, this storied hockey tradition, Roseau right down the road, right, 20 miles. So um, you know that some of it, but... Everybody I talked to, I'm like, I would start, my first question was, 1,800 people here, how can such a small town make such a big impact in hockey? And every one of them, these little kids, they would just go, we skate a lot. <laughs> and I just found myself laughing, thinking, that makes sense. And they got that Olympic ring, it's famous, right? Come early, stay late, skate every day. They told me, if you're growing up in War Road, not only is there an open invite to the rink, you can skate at 2 in the morning if you want. The maintenance shed might not be open, but you can skate. But the other thing they do, two other things. If you're a squirt, you can take all the peewee practices. If you're a peewee, you can skate with the bantams. And I believe you can go down or up one level. So you can essentially double shift your practice time. And they told me they run a reverse pyramid. They said every other association, you skate the most when you're a bantam. You're on the ice seven days a week. They said our youngest players are on the ice six, seven times a week. And actually, as they get older, it tapers down. So they, they play the most as a youth player. And then as they get older, they may play a little less because they do the multi-sport thing there as well. But, uh, I mean, <clears throat> and they got this river that they, during COVID, they started shoveling from one house to another. So now you got a, it was five miles. I think it's about two miles now. You know, you can skate on the river. I mean, it's so, it's right in front of us. You know, if you want to be better at hockey, uh, skate a lot. And and they've created an environment where it isn't super structured. It isn't um, a kid crying in the car ride home because their dad watched practice. 
um, it's it's a lot like it used to be. It's almost like the 1970s. You know, I mean, so I was just really impressed. I don't know if you have any reaction to uh, to how World is doing it up there. Well, I think what they're doing works, right? I mean, they're producing some pretty good hockey players and some good teams. I like that reverse pyramid um, idea. I think you know maybe some other associations could put that into into work, and I think they'd see the benefits of that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. Um, you know, hockey and hockey land. The movie focused more on Hermantown. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but you know, it's just those small pockets up north. <clears throat> you know, the Iron Range hockey, just the allure, the stories there, the lifestyle. You know, who doesn't love that? Marvin Windows helps too. You need a patriarch. You need somebody that's like, hey, I'm really into hockey. You see it with Stan Hubbard out in New Mexico. Somebody that just sets up shop and is like, this is going to be a hockey place. And they have the means to do that. That helps too because there's a lot of sheets up there. I mean, there is ice in world. There's more. There's more rinks than there are uh, restaurants. You know, I think. Um, but I was just really impressed by that and. Um, I did want to get your take on Hockey Day in Minnesota, though. So it's getting so big, right? So it's uh, it started on Baudet, and I believe they skated on an actual lake. And as I recall, you could ice fish in the penalty box the first year of Hockey Day in Minnesota. Now it's just this corporation. We saw it come through White Bear Lake last year, and you got the pressure. Like, I got to do better than last year. You know, oh, Minneapolis didn't do so well 10 years ago or whatever it was, and it's just this it's just it's just feeding on itself bigger and bigger and bigger i almost wish we could step back with hockey day minnesota and go almost i know we can't play a game on a lake anymore because it sounds like that's just not approved with the high school league and everything else but how do you kind of keep the magic of it because it's great i watched it all i watched all every commercial was basically hockey scrapbooks and um but how do you think you can where does Hockey Day Minnesota go next, in your opinion? Like, how do you evolve that or maybe um, take some of the commerce out of it? Yeah, I wonder if, I mean, everybody seems to still be interested in hosting it. I'm not sure they know what they're up against. It's a, it's a full-time job. What they're signing up for. I wonder if more of that could go back to the community, again, to continue to grow the game. You just mentioned Warroad. You need a patriarch. Uh, you need ice sheets. You need ice time. We, uh, I mean, I grew up playing outside all the time. You know, you had, you almost had to go inside to learn how to play the structured piece of hockey. That's how I grew up, and I think that's how you learn to love this game. So the more we can invest back into that, you know, these outdoor rinks we got at St. Louis Park and Woodbury and Edina. I want to see more of those if possible. That's going to require dollars. So Hastings, I think that's the next. Host Shakopee, Shakopee first, and then, then Hastings. Yep, and one of them's military Hastings at the United Heroes, Heroes League. League. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, if the effort more of the effort came back, I, I think that would continue the continue to accelerate it. I don't know if you can change it a whole lot. I mean, we're trying to just play a couple outdoor games, aren't we? Highlighting these great cities of hockey in Minnesota, these great rivalries. Um, so is there a way to just help that happen because i'd really be heartbroken if if one of these cities just by chance doesn't you know raise the dollars it needs to raise along the way and so everybody's stressed out about this event that's supposed to be something we're all celebrating 
to, together. I don't think this needs to be, for instance, White Bear against Warroad, against Shakopee, against Hastings. Uh, someone might do well and someone might not, which then makes it more difficult in the future. Well, I, I just want to, I'm going to give you a food for thought because um, it was amazing. And, and Warroad, someone needs to make a Super Checks bubble hockey with Warroad playing Rozo. Send that up there, please. Uh, but it was it was beautiful. Like the way it looked, it was dark. You got a kid named Pilgrim. All these amazing. It was awesome. Um, besides, no one wearing a headband and warm ups for Boucher, which they should have. But I um, there's a reason. So think of Hockey Day. Never been in Edina. I don't think it's been in Minnetonka. Hasn't been in Wyzetta. And it fundamentally exposes the thing you're talking about. Okay, so if Edina got Hockey Day, Minnesota. They'd raise seven million bucks. I mean, they might have two more sheets because there's there's ten Marvin windows that want to be involved, right? There's more than one Cambria, right? Um, Minnetonka would be this. I mean, it would be hockey day. They would have apps, and they would and they would they might create a restaurant uh, just for the week. You know, I mean, it would be over the top, and 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 they it wouldn't be a problem. They would go, hey. I mean, yeah, sure, we'll host Hockey Day, and they might raise $2 million yeah. for their association, right? So, again, you get into this rich gets richer. Um, so I think we've got to find a way to to have the structure be such that the most players play the longest. Um, I mean, World did a hell of a job. I mean, it, but it was a community effort. I mean, there's not that many people up there. So when I was up there, it was like... Everybody had a set menu. I bet all those restaurants and bars met, and they're like, okay, we're all doing set menus. Okay, you got the chicken fingers over at Izzy's. We're not going to have chicken fingers. If somebody wants pizza, they're going to come here. I mean, it was 10,000 people came up there, right? And um, it's a big deal. And they didn't have the merch tents, right? They didn't have a company like the Minnesotan, even Unreal. They're not going to go six hours set up, bring all that stuff, be up there, try to find a hotel at the Can-Am Inn or whatever. It just, it was too hard. Um, but that disparity, you know, there's a reason they're sprinkling. It's almost like they give Hockey Day Minnesota, it's like food to help something survive, right? Like here's, here's a, yeah, here's a meal um, that'll sustain you, you know, for a while longer, but really you do got to look structurally at the model because let me tell you if minnetonka has hockey day in minnesota it's it's just, there'll be fireworks and uh not those hill murray fireworks there'll be i mean who knows they might buy five zambonis just for the outdoor ice they could have a GoFundMe for who wants to play us i mean for real starting bid you know 100 grand which high school team wants to play us i mean you know edina would be first and why is that a, i mean i know it, i mean taylor swift would sing me yes I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> a, it's a different deal so um i'm gonna do a couple more sponsors we got uh summit mortgage this is a hockey guy sheldon frank it's not easy to buy a house i went through the process with sheldon nmls 213346 with summit mortgage and i was starting a company building a house all at the same time he guided me through the process talked me off the ledge with pre-approval and, and rates. He's a hockey guy, so there's just pucks, no balls to drop with Sheldon, and you can trust him. If you're looking to buy a house in Minnesota or Wisconsin, reach out to get pre-approved. Call Sheldon Frank, 612-232-1872, Summit Mortgage Corporation, NMLS, 
1041 is an equal housing opportunity lender. And just to keep it all on the house stuff, Yoakum Real Estate Group. If you want to buy a house, what's better than two five foot two blonde twin sisters? Uh, it's a two headed monster in all the right ways. Sarah and Jody have been doing this, they're identical twins, and they can move an entire home with heavy furniture all by themselves. With this team doing your real estate heavy lifting, you'll understand the meaning of small but mighty. They'll guide you through the process. They're much more than smiling faces on a park bench or planting a first sale sign in your front yard. They got different backgrounds too. Sarah being uh, a lawyer by trade, Jody's on the artsy and creative side. They got everything you need. So when it comes to your biggest asset, think twice and call the twins at Yoakum Real Estate. Visit YoakumRealEstateGroup.com for more info. All right, just to close, Give me a status on the Galacticos. How are we feeling? I still think this is the best storyline in high school hockey right now, this Minnetonka team. The fact that I'm getting texts when there's a close game in Minnetonka. Like my kids haven't. My daughter stopped playing high school hockey like seven years ago. Son quit after Peewee's, and I'm getting updates. The drama of the the repeat, the, the undefeated uh, skippers. Uh, Put you on the spot. Will they win the state tournament, both of you? Why or why not? Well, everybody's hoping that they lose. I just sense that, which is funny because we always go back to the everybody hates Edina. Uh, is this really going to be the year that people like cheer for Edina to beat those guys? Um, I I got to go with they're, they're not going to make it. Not even make it to the tournament. Oh, I like this. I Here's this our promo clip. I, yes, I, I love this team. I like the coaching staff. I like the players. The challenge is squeezing your stick and getting a little nervous. It's very difficult to to get out and, and play your game um, the way they like to play it. I love this team. So um, I don't think they're going to make it. But I love this team, and I'd love to see them win it all. So i got to put that disclaimer on the backside of uh, just how difficult I, I think it is to uh, to be good. Your, your point is they're high school kids. They are, and I've watched so many of these games. The game just tip, uh, you know, from one end to the other. The rink really does seem to uh, move out there. And oftentimes, uh, the more and more I watch, I believe I see the little things that are causing this, and I don't think the players see it, but like how hard the game is, how lucky that player just got, uh, how good you're playing, and it's still not going your way. That's a lot for a 15, 16-, 17-year-old to to manage they look like college and pro players from either these guys are way better yeah they pass the eye test but at, yep at the same time uh they're just kids all right you're on the spot skippers. <laughs> yeah i think there's two camps i think you know there's a camp that they want to see greatness right and they want to see a dynasty they want to see him repeat there's a lot of people like brian said you know would like to see him get beat but everybody is kind of looking. Everyone's watching, right? Everyone's you do know. Watching. You do know that you need to answer the questions, Olman. I don't think they win the state tournament. But they make it. I think they. I think they make it. I do. Um, I just I, like I said. I haven't seen the separation in those games. I haven't seen them have the ability to really take over. And again, it's it's nothing against them. The talent is there, but like I said before. The best team doesn't always win. you got to be playing the best at the right time. So they get to the tournament, they exhale, and somebody pinches them. Yeah, I just, I, I don't, 
I don't see him winning it. I, I just that's just kind of if I if I had to bet, I would bet I would bet the field. I would bet the field. Which is a compliment to Minnetonka, by the way. <laughs> Every other high school team. And then, uh, no, so I, I think that's fair. Let's uh, Anything that we missed that you, you're desperate to say? Otherwise, follow us. Uh, check out Let's Play Hockey. You see it in every skate shop in town. Check us out on the socials. Pull Tab Sports as well. Give us a follow. Any final thoughts, or should we say goodbye? Uh, section Hockey's coming up. Best time of year. We'll be there. Thanks for listening. This is the Let's Play Hockey Podcast, your one-stop shop for all things in the state of hockey. It's time now, so let's play hockey!